We know that this is a challenging time for entrepreneurs, and your business may be completely upended by this pandemic. But FreshBooks and I will be here for you as a resource and a community to help you stay connected. In addition to weekly I Make a Living episodes and bonus episodes focused specifically on how your business can survive the coronavirus restrictions, we invite you to join our Facebook community page. There you'll also find helpful webinars, videos from business leaders, and an opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs who are experiencing the same challenges that you're going through right now. Join the community at facebook.com slash groups slash I make a living, or simply search the hashtag I make a living on Facebook to find our community page. We'll see you there. This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. I'm your host, Demona Hoffman. In this special bonus episode, we're talking about productivity with UC Berkeley cognitive neuroscientist, Dr. Sahar Youssef. For the past seven years, she's been conducting research on cognitive enhancement, and that has helped her create a program which she delivers in talks all around the globe to help high performers improve focus, memory, energy levels, motivation, and productivity. Here she is on how, in spite of the COVID-19 pandemic, you can now start your journey towards becoming superhuman. Really, my biggest plea to folks is to first get in touch with and educate themselves on what it means to be human. So really going back to basic biology, what are the, the, the fundamental biological laws that really govern how our brains and bodies work best? And then from that foundation of how our brains and bodies work best, we can actually be able to optimize how it is that we're actually working. Either, you know, currently right now we're all working from home, but otherwise, you know, working even in the modern workplace. Yeah. So let's talk about that since we are working from home and we're in the middle of this pandemic and in most places we are having to completely adapt our work schedule and figure out how to manage a business online, even if it wasn't set up that way originally. I've been hearing a lot. You brought up being human, right? And realizing that everyone else is in this situation too. I've been hearing from a lot of entrepreneurs that they're like losing their mojo right now. I was talking with somebody recently who's one of the most motivated people I know. And he's like, I cannot get off the couch to run my business. What's going on with us from a neuroscience perspective? I mean, this is, this, this, this person is not alone, not by a long shot. A lot of folks are having a, a difficult time right now with this transition uh, from work from home. And the typical things I'm hearing right now are, in general, a lack of motivation and also people entering this kind of perpetual cognitive fog, this mental fog where everything is a blur. You just wake up and the first thing you do is you jump in and you check your inbox. And the last thing you do is you check your inbox. But really all of the time in between, every hour that's going by, it doesn't really feel like we're really on and 100% anymore. And we're not really ever off. We're in this kind of limbo, this sort of uh, constant perpetual half attention state. And that's really going to be the number one killer of not only productivity, but also just mental health. So especially for those that are entrepreneurs, it's even more important to create what are called clear cognitive boundaries 
between when it's time to actually hustle and get work done and when it's time to actually completely be off and be able to think high level again and to just let yourself be at rest. If you don't create these kinds of clear boundaries, and these are, again, these are cognitive boundaries. So it's not just physical, but a lot goes into that. It's if a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening had routines set up previously, or they would actually go to their office or go to a certain place, even go to a local coffee shop to be able to kind of get into that mindset, that hustle mindset to be able to focus in and get work done. Now they're finding themselves on the couch, just kind of perpetually feeling like they're they're kind of really mentally and cognitively stuck at home. And there's a reason why. I mean, the brain works with these kinds of neural associations. We have certain environments, certain objects, smells, sights, sounds, even tastes that we then use as triggers to trigger certain brain states. And those brain states dictate a large part of our behavior. Mm. When you're in a certain brain state, when you're in that focused brain state, it becomes almost automatic for you to get work done and be productive. But when you're in, let's say, a brain state that's, let's use, use the home, let's use the couch as an example. If you were to look at your life, realistically, if you were to take all of the minutes and hours and days cumulatively that you have spent on your couch, every memory that you have, what percentage of those memories that you have with your couch, what percentage of those experiences are insanely productive? If it's less than 20%, it's like you're, you're rolling a boulder up a hill right now. Of course, your couch isn't associated with being productive and being super focused and having amazing insight. It's probably associated with Netflix and relaxing and, <laughs> and snacking on the couch or taking a nap. So it becomes even more critical, really, for entrepreneurs to set up very, very clear physical and cognitive triggers, routines that you can do to get yourself into a certain brain state when it's time to go and then get yourself out of that brain state. And you just have to make sure that the areas in your home that you work, you don't do anything else in those areas. The areas that are for rest, you do not work in those areas. You just have to be very disciplined about these boundaries that you're setting up or at Mm. least having you know, objects that you then can use to trigger yourself into a certain brain state. This could be lighting a focus candle. I've seen actually a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs that use this, especially now that they're stuck at home. They'll ritualistically almost light a candle or do some sort of routine, really a cognitive routine, just like an athlete, get to get into a certain brain state, to get into go mode. That could be listening to a, you know, a song on Spotify. It could be um, a, you know having a ritualistic beverage that you're making, if it's a tea or a coffee, whatever it may be. But they do it every single time so that even when they don't feel like working, if you do the routine or if you get into that location and you use that trigger, it's actually going to help you get into a productive mindset even when you don't feel like it. Yeah, that's such great advice. And I never thought of doing that and like creating a ritual at at home the way that you create a ritual at work. You know, we all have that. Like we go into the office and then we get our coffee and then we sit and check emails. I've read some of your research about checking emails as well. And you mentioned this sort of always on, always off (laughs) sort of state that we're in. Tell everybody what your thoughts are on the use of email and what it's doing to our brain to have that constant ping coming through. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I always like to start off by saying that at least 50% of the time, it's not the use of email. It's the abuse of email for sure. 
It's folks are definitely using digital communications, I would say somewhat inappropriately, especially when people are working remote. So you're working from home, you have to embrace what's called asynchronous communication strategies. That means you cannot expect immediate replies from people because the expectation needs to be that you're also spending intentional time where you're focusing and you're not responding to email and to Slack and to other messages coming in. If you don't have those off periods where you can actually sit down and get focused work done, then my assumption is that you're constantly multitasking. So your cognitive abilities are, are already massively impacted negatively. And on top of that, because it's going to take you longer, not only more time, but also more energy to actually get your work done, you're going to end up petering out earlier in the day and feel more burned out faster. But it's also just going to take you double, if not triple the amount of time to get the same amount of work done if you're constantly responding and feeling like you need to stay connected to all of your different inboxes. Because usually these days we don't even have just one inbox. You were getting texts, emails, calls, Slack, There's from all different you know avenues really. And the other piece here is Everything seems to be coming in without really being marked clearly for being either urgent or non-urgent, which I think that is one of the most foundational mistakes that folks make is not really having what we on our team call a communication escalation path. This is very, very important, especially for entrepreneurs. It needs anyone that you work with, especially if you work with you know a smaller team, you need to be able to differentiate how and when you contact the other folks that you work with. So for example, if I need something uh, from you, Demona, let's say like urgently, really, really urgently, it's a red fire alarm, then I'll just call your personal cell. I'll break the glass in case of emergency here and just call your (laughs) personal cell so it interrupts you. But if I need it by end of day or I need a response from you in the next five hours or three hours, then I will send you an email. If I need something ideally by, let's say, the next 90 minutes, but it's not a red fire emergency, then I'll send you an email and I'll label it urgent. Mm. Or if we have a Slack channel, then I'll Slack you. And think about how that might feel for us as individuals. That means that if I sit down and I've closed completely out of email, I close out of Slack, I put my phone aside, I do all of these things and I'm finally sitting down to get some focused work done, I'm not getting that anxiety and fear response that so many entrepreneurs tell me they have, which is what if something's happening? What if there's a fire? What if there's something coming in and I need to get to it? So they feel this inability to really disconnect. But many times that inability, that feeling, that anxiety can be addressed and mitigated by having a proper system set up in advance. And then you communicate that to everybody else that you work with. It's, you know, if you need me and it's a red fire emergency, you call, you do this, you do this, you do this. And it's differentiated across channels and the ways in which folks will actually get in touch with you. That's really smart. And what about the setting up a framework so that we are not looking at the emails all the time? Like I work in a creative capacity and it's hard to get into that creative, productive space when you are dealing with the bombardment of messages. So how do you have clients and people that you speak to organize their email time versus head down, grind, keep focused time? A great question. So what we typically recommend to anyone, either individuals or teams that work together, is to embrace intentionality 
when it comes to both focus and productivity and also communications and collaboration. Those are two very different types of tasks. And the fundamental, I would say, principle behind any recommendation I might give is really around uh, intentionality and batching. So things and activities that are like one another should be batched together as much as possible to minimize what's called switch cost. That's the, the pretty much the cost of both time and energy that we pay for every single time we switch from one task or project to another. Every single time we're sitting down to work on a proposal or a deck and we need to click out into email or the inbox and answer some messages and then come back. Every single time we do those switches, we're really paying for it. And those payments, those costs really add up throughout the course of the day. Hey, are you listening? Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. Are you multitasking right now? (laughs) No shame in the game. That is the lifestyle of the entrepreneur. But I want to make sure you don't miss the moment when Dr. Youssef changes your life. Are you ready? This is Her Lab's exclusive method for improving productivity. Welcome to the Focus Sprint. Focus Sprint is a method of working. So it's the how of working. And it's a method of working. You can do this for 60 minutes. You can do it for 90 minutes. You can do it if you don't have that much time to sit down and do focused work. You can do it for 20 or 30 minutes. But really the steps are to carve out a certain amount of time in advance in your calendar. And that does two things. First, it actually communicates to the people that you work with that you're not going to be available during that time and they can't expect you to really be responsive during that time. So you're doing your due diligence to make sure that it's obvious in your calendar that I am not available. The other thing that it does, if you set it aside in advance, is you're actually allowing your brain and your body to really create glucocorticoids and enough of them to support your focus sprint. These are stress hormones in the body. So things like adrenaline and cortisol, which I know get a bad rap, uh, I would say, in popular science articles. You know, cortisol is bad. It's a stress hormone. Yes, absolutely. But there's a sweet spot. If you don't have enough cortisol and adrenaline going uh, in your brain and your body, then you're way too relaxed. You're uh, completely unmotivated. You become a human couch potato. Your brain turns into mashed potatoes. It's terrible. You do Mm. need a little bit. It's good stuff. So really making sure that you set it aside in advance actually allows your brain and body to actually make these glucocorticoids to support your ability to sit down and focus for, let's say, 60 minutes at a time. But it only has an opportunity to do that if you set it intentionally in advance. So if you just spring it up on your brain that it's like, we're going to jump into some focused work now, your brain's not going to have the leeway time really to have made the, the good stuff for you. Now, the one thing that I think has been lost, especially in our generation, is the fact that the human brain is, in fact, a focus machine. We don't actually have the ability to pay attention to our phones, uh, our laptops, and uh, our families around us. It's impossible. So I think people these days have a natural tendency to want to multitask to want to have their inbox open while they're working on a proposal or something else. So they're trying to do too many things at once. The fundamental principle here is that you do, in fact, only have, let's say, let's use percentages here to make it simple. You have 100% bandwidth for not only your ability to focus, but be productive and actually think clearly. It's 100%. So if you would like to take that 100% and split it, amongst like 20% for your inbox, 40% for your phone. You know, it is a negotiation that you're doing every single moment and every single day. So those of you who, like me, have 10 windows or apps running simultaneously, just learned that we are not winning the race to become superhuman this way. 
some of the biggest drainers of our cognitive intelligence and bandwidth is actually just the presence of our phones in front of us. Even if they're not on, even if they are on do not disturb or airplane mode and there's no notifications coming in, one of the best pieces of advice I can offer is really to be mindful about our digital tools and what I call digital hygiene before you sit down to actually do focused work. So take your phone and actually put it out of sight, literally actually out of sight. If you can put it in another room, put it across the room, but do not have it in front of you in your visual field. Already doing that will greatly improve your ability to not only focus, but also it'll minimize that switch cost opportunity because you do background process just your phone being in front of you, even if nothing is happening on the phone which is pretty crazy. The other piece, of course, is to make sure that you're completely closed out of email and other things. Maximize your screen so that the only thing you're really looking at, the only thing that's exciting and can take your attention is just the task at hand. And scope out what you aim to accomplish. Don't just sit down and say, I'm going to get some work done. And I think with entrepreneurs, that can be a common mistake because everything is important and there's so much energy to get their work done. And they love all of it. They love what they do. But I would say it's even more important to scope, 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 like you're a consultant. Before you sit down and actually jump into work, be intentional about what it is that you aim to accomplish by the end of that, let's say, 60 minutes. Write it down on a piece of paper and let that piece of paper work as an anchor to just bring your attention back. Every single time you start to get tempted to like, let me just go check to see if any new emails have come in. Let me just check this other thing. I don't feel like doing this. You have a timer set and the timer is just going down minute by minute. And it's lit a fire under your butt to not only work faster, but that piece of paper, that scoped piece of work is working as an anchor to say, you have to accomplish this by the end of the 60 minutes. It's an actual work product. You're not just vaguely saying, I just want to get a lot of important work done because work is never really done. I want to talk about how to do that and how I know a lot of people right now are like, well, now that I'm at home and I have this extra time, I'm going to take on a new routine and I'm going to be more productive or I'm going to start a fitness plan or whatever it is. They have new goals and the desire to start new positive habits. Can you set us up for success, Dr. Youssef? Because I know I've tried a few different uh, ideas this year that I thought I would be able to implement and haven't really been able to stick to or execute on. The New Year's resolution kind of experience is you're not you're not alone there for sure. My advice is always to choose one small habit to change at a time, to make small changes because failure never feels good to high achievers. Let me put it that way. And I know from uh, my understanding of everyone who who's listening in here, most of these folks are going to be a part of that sort of perfectionist, high achiever, high performer audience. Yes, they're smart. They're listening to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, they're not going to be interested in the status quo. They don't want a participation trophy. They want to win and they want to be good at what they do. Folks in that camp have a very difficult time with failure. So these folks are going to be even more susceptible to trying to take on way too many changes at the same time. I guarantee you when you're trying to instill a new habit, when you're trying to instill a new routine, you will fail. Planning for failure is key here. Know that it's you're going to be failing as a part of the process. It's a part of the process and the journey of actually making sure that habits stick, new behaviors stick. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be 100%. So I think one of the biggest mistakes folks make is, one, 
still maintaining that kind of perfectionistic mindset when it comes to behavior change uh, throughout, even when you're they're trying to do new behaviors, which you're kind of setting yourself up to, to feel really terrible in the process of trying to instill a new routine. Whereas I always recommend embrace the failure, plan for it in advance. How are you going to respond if, let's say, for example, I'll continue explaining what a focus sprint is for this audience, and then tomorrow a bunch of folks actually put some focus sprints on their calendar and they start doing it and cranking away, and half the time it doesn't always work out. You know, they start getting a bunch of those emergency phone calls in the middle and it derails them, all of these things, and then they start to think to themselves, well, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this. You start to have those more depressing kind of downtrodden thoughts. So some of my Big pieces of advice are, one, plan for the failure in advance, know that it's going to happen, and plan how you're going to respond to it when it does, because it will happen. Plan in advance what you're going to tell yourself. What are you going to do to get yourself remotivated? But if you have it all planned out up front, it becomes all the more easy to actually instill the new habit. Um, And the other is, again, rely on associations. Have some accountability uh, in place as well. Get another person that you work with or even a friend to focus sprint with you. Get get each other, get another person to really hold you accountable to it so you guys can both make changes together. Have daily check-ins. Really um, rely on the fact that human beings are pack animals and we respond really, really well to accountability from other human beings in our pack. Speaking of the pack, if you are quarantining with your family right now, There might be a few members of your herd that are feeling especially challenged by at-home productivity. Working from home with my six- and nine-year-olds has not been easy. The house is not the place where they normally attend school. And more importantly, I am not a school teacher. Help, Dr. Youssef. I I talked to a lot of uh, friends of mine and actually some developmental psychologists about this who are experiencing this issue right now. But going back to associations, I know we kind of joked previously about the couch and all of the associations your couch might have, which is, you know, of course, going to be rest and relaxation, not going to be, you know, focused and productive work. Well, think about what associations your kids might have with you. For those of us who work seven days a week uh, or five days a week and we have certain hours that we work, our kids are used to going to school, coming home and Seeing you, being at home, seeing their their parents, those things are associated really heavily with rest, relaxation, with hobbies, with playtime, not with focused, studious, I'm going to follow a bunch of rules and regulations time. That's something, that's a mindset they would go into when they'd actually go to school. So yeah, children, especially younger ones, are having a very, very difficult time. Really, uh, I would say, not only feeling motivated, to get work done or get focused and be studious, but it's it's really not their fault. It's nobody's fault right now. It's mm-hmm. none of these things are associated with those, you know, mindsets we want to be in. I just have to ask Dr. Yusuf, how are you doing? How has your business shifted during this time? Dramatically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wear two hats. Uh, I'm a professor at UC Berkeley. So all teaching has completely gone, uh, as you might imagine, um, over Zoom. It's gone completely remote. The campus is shut down. So I don't get to see the rest of my students for the entirety of the semester. I don't get to see them again. That's one of the biggest changes for me. 
And that makes me definitely very, very sad. But of course, my business has also changed. I also am the managing director of a consulting firm that takes my research on productivity and I work B2B with other companies. Now, typically what that looks like is there will be an offsite or we'll have a kickoff of some sort where we come in and actually train teams and departments and companies on how to be more productive. Uh, We can't do any of that anymore. Everything is now remote. So we had to very quickly pivot to taking all of our training and making it completely digitized. Wow. <laughs> How do you begin with that? <laughs> do you just do you just do it in chunks? Like look at what is the most important because I'm sure there are a lot of a lot of our listeners that are going through the same thing and maybe they've done this job in one form in one way for a long time, but now to move everything online, that's a big task. It is. It is um it, you know, I was kind of scratching my head for a couple of days, but it it's not impossible, at least for I'm, – I'm lucky um, in the sense that uh, my entire team has been amazingly agile along with me. I think we literally spent about 48 hours kind of, you know, saying like, oh, this is a big – this is a big issue. Um, all incoming revenue is just like completely disappeared from all in-person events and in-person engagements. That's okay. Let's just figure out how to convert this into completely digital and, you know, just a crash course on Zoom and best practices. How do you make things that are really uh, engaging in person? How do you maintain the same level of engagement pretty much over the internet, over a video conference? And there are, you know, ways in which you can do that. But I'm a, I think there's a lot of folks that have been doing this for a long time that are being kind and, and, you know, posting up a lot of tutorials and writing a lot of articles about best practices well, this yeah. has been really enlightening for me. I'm feeling motivated just talking to you. I'm I'm getting ready to step into my super human self. So thank you for being here to share your insights with us. Of course, of course. This was great. This was great. And like, let me know if uh, anyone has any further questions. We're going to be trying to do our best on our side of the, of the world to post uh, and offer as much support material and access to this kind of education as possible considering the global climate right now. There's so many people struggling uh, and feeling very isolated and feeling like their businesses are heavily impacted. So we're gonna we're trying to do our part to make sure that we can um, help as many people as possible. Are you feeling less than superhuman in your business right now? You're not alone. Come join us on the FreshBooks Community Facebook page where entrepreneurs just like you and I are sharing their resources and knowledge to help us all get through this crisis. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash I make a living, or you can just search the hashtag I make a living to find our inclusive online community. And don't forget to implement these takeaways from Dr. Youssef. Create a ritual for your workspace. Unlock the secret code to your team's communication escalation and diminish the email anxiety. If you really want to focus, time block related tasks in your calendar. And tell your type A personality that a little bit of failure is okay. Plan for some bumps along the road to productivity and get yourself back on that horse. Multitasking is a myth. Practice good digital hygiene and put that bone away. Thanks for tuning in for our special bonus episode. Look out for our regular episodes, which are dropping every Monday. And remember that as an I Make a Living listener, you have an exclusive offer waiting for you right now at freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. 
Check the show notes for details. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Producing and direction comes from Paco Erzmendi. And I'm your producer and your host, Demona Hoffman. Let's connect. I'm at Demona Hoffman or at DemonaHoffman.com. And I'm offering a lot of resources right now about how to manage your relationships during this trying time. So check it out. We'll continue to be here for you through this pandemic with regular episodes every Monday. And in the meantime, you can connect with us on Facebook. We have a special page at facebook.com slash I make a living where we encourage you to share your story, your challenges, your questions, and join us as we work through this pandemic together.